Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I always get so pumped up by that open, especially the guy, he- oh, oh, headed in by Ronaldo. He is a sensation. That always gets me going every time here on Soccer Weekly, each and every week on the home of world football in Southern California. Hello, I am Dave Dunholm, hanging out with you as we get ready for another massive, massive day in MLS, and it's coming up tomorrow. That's why we're on a special Wednesday or Tuesday night here, because we got Wednesday night football. LAFC taking on Houston Dynamo over at the bank. You'll hear it right here on ESPNLA with a pregame at 7 o'clock. Kickoff right around 7.30. I'll have the call for you. Oh, it is just LAFC chasing history. You ever have one of those dreams where you're running and you're running and you're running and you can't get anywhere? Like either you're in sand or no? Nobody else? Is that just me? Am I just weird? But no, I have these dreams where I'm running and I'm running and you just don't move. And it's almost like you're getting farther away, it seems. Well, LAFC has been running in my dreams lately, five straight without a win, but they pulled out a draw, at the, and I mean the last seconds. You know how we always talk about sports, Ooh, the coming down to the final shot, the final pitch, you know, 3-2 count, bases loaded. We all did that in our backyard, right, as a kid, bases loaded. You're down by three. It's a full count. What's going to happen? Two outs, bottom of the ninth. Well, that's what LAFC was facing against Toronto, and they get the penalty call, and Carlos Velas puts it home. And they do get the draw, so they're not losing games, but they're kind of running in place. Chasing history. The supporter shield is there, though, because NYCFC stubbed their toe over the weekend, over in the Eastern Conference. So LAFC just needs to win against Houston Dynamo, a team that has nothing to play for and is dreadful on the road. 2-13 and 13 away from home, the Houston Dynamo. So they can catch history tomorrow with the supporter shield. And we do have to talk about what's going on with LAFC. Again, five straight without a win, one of those losses, four draws. So it's not been horrific, but they're having some issues. LA Galaxy, no such trouble in their most recent game against Montreal. Oh boy, the Galaxy are heating up. It's about that time. I think Zlatan's feeling like they aren't going to miss the playoffs this time. They're not going to blow it like they blew it so badly against Houston Last season, on the last day, last seconds of that season for LA, LA Galaxy. And you know who LA Galaxy plays in the final game this year? On Sunday, October 6th? Yeah, Houston Dynamo again. So uh, MLS schedule makers kind of tweaking the Galaxy there with that one. If they, if they need that one, it'll be literally the same thing that happened last year, potentially. Because the Dynamo are, although not officially eliminated, I get technically the Dynamo are not out of the playoff race, but they really are so it's going to be interesting going down the stretch but man the galaxy it got me thinking as you watch this team play now we all know if Zlatan Ibrahimovic wants to he's just dominant we can nobody can dispute that the guy's one of the best players of all time when he feels like it and that has been an issue earlier in the season it's not an issue anymore he's motivated he's not great on the road though just like the galaxy are not great I believe it's something like he's had 12 games on the road. One of them at LAFC, of course, he played awesome, and we all know that story. But the other 11, he's only got four goals in those 11 games on the road. And the Galaxy stink on the road record-wise. They're dreadful, 4-9-2. and two. So it's going to be interesting. Galaxy currently in fourth in the West. That means a playoff home game in at least the first round. Right? So... But that also means a running right head first into LAFC in the second. 
if you're in that fourth spot or fifth spot. So it would behoove us as L.A. fans to look forward to a Western Conference final. That's what I'm hoping for. I would love to see the Galaxy get up to third or second or fall back to sixth or seventh. Either way, just because I want that Western Conference final. And the more you look at this team and LAFC, I'm convinced I'm going to go back to what I said months ago now. These seasons take a while, don't they? These are the two best teams in MLS for the playoffs. And what I mean by that is the front six, the guys who are doing the attacking on these two teams, nobody else can hold a candle to them except one Eastern Conference team, and that's New York City. They have the weapons. Now, Joseph Martinez, notwithstanding, he's got a bit of a, a knee tweak there. We hope he's okay. We hope he's 100% by the playoffs. Atlanta United's very good. Don't get me wrong. But there's three teams that, with six the six guys going after goal, look out. And that's LAFC, LA Galaxy, and then New York. Maxi Morales has 19 assists. If you've never heard of the dude from New York City, check him out. 19 they are ridiculously good, too, up front. But they're not quite at the level of LAFC and LA Galaxy because of Carlos Vela and Zlatan. And guys who can score 25 and 26 and 30 goals a year. So the two teams that are 12 miles apart are the best two playoff teams in MLS. Does it mean they're going to win? No, you got to go out and do it. I get it. You can have a bad game. But with the fronts, look at the six that are chasing you down for the Galaxy and hounding you, right? And I'm not. And look, when I say front six, of course, some of that is a defensive mid like Eduardo Tuesta, who still gets forward and can kill you. Jonathan Dos Santos can score goals, but of course, he's doing a lot of dirty work. Look at the front six for the Galaxy in their most recent game: Joe Corona, Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Legette, Uriel Antuna, Christian Pavone, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's better than the Galaxy have ever had. Yes, so with all deference to Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane and going back to Mauricio Cienfuegos and Kobe Jones, those guys were awesome. And they all won titles. But w- this team has so much more to prove in a much more difficult MLS. You want to know why the league is so much better? The front six of LA Galaxy. That's why the league is so much better. They're in fourth in the West. Well, I know Christian Pavone has been a late addition and Efrain Alvarez is still coming off the bench. He's still so good. But look at the the type of attacking that these teams have now in this league. And that front six. Now look at the LAFC six who are running at you. Latif, Eduardo Tuesta, Mark Anthony K, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, and Brian Rodriguez. Now, I understand, Denholm, the, 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 both teams still have to defend, yes. But there's a myth that goes around in sports so often. You want to know what the myth is in all sports? Defense wins championships. That's wrong. It's a myth. You know what wins championships? Balanced, good teams. Yes, you have to be able to defend. You can't be leaking goals. That's what happened in the Galaxy last season. And at times this year. But you have to be able to put the ball on the back of the net consistently and be dangerous. And you have to be balanced. 
And that can happen game in and game out. That's been the problem. And, but that's why the league is so tough. It's just brutal. Week in and week out, teams are so much better because the money has been flowing to good attacking players. I counted it up. Up until last week. There was actually a couple last weekend because, of course, I wanted to use the stat. So they, there are so few nil-nil games in MLS anymore, it's not even funny. Like, you used to think you'd say one or two a weekend. There was a stretch in MLS where literally for months there was like four of them total. You just don't see them anymore. There are too many good attackers. You have to be able to attack and attack and attack and attack and attack well. And the front six for both of these teams look out. And it's why they're the two most dangerous teams. They're the two best teams for the playoffs. And we'll see. Obviously, both of them can't make the cup final, so there is going to be an Eastern Conference representative. And at at this point, I think NYCFC is just far and away the best team out East. We shall see. It is just so warming up. I love it. We are just getting warming up here. I'm going to tell you what the most disappointing thing in the history of MLS is. The most disappointing thing in the history of the league. I'll tell you it next here on the home of... Soccer in Southern California and LAFC, ESPLA 710. What is the most disappointing thing that has ever happened in Major League Soccer? I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPLA 710. I'm asking that question. You can hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer. Follow the show there. Or on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm. Oh, man, what a meal I had last night. Oh, over at the Pacific Dining Car downtown. Oh, I crushed it. That looked amazing. Oh, it was glorious. The it was cheesecake. It was so good. I even did an Instagram story, Mario. You know how hard that is. It must have been really good. Yeah, the cheese. Oh man, just beautiful. Little uh, glass of port at the end. Oh, fabulous. So we are the home of LAFC, of course, and we got a big one tomorrow night here on ESPN LA. Seven o'clock for the pregame. Taking on Houston Dynamo. LAFC could. We'll whisper it because we, you know, want it to happen, but they could actually have already clinched the supporter shield. Before that game, right? Because I think NYCFC does play. Let me make, yeah, NYCFC plays Atlanta earlier on the day. And if things go pear-shaped for uh, New York City, LAFC could have already won it. Okay? But, but, they may, well, in all likelihood, they actually will. Because NYCFC is at home against Atlanta, who's going to be without Joseph Martinez. You know, So, in all likelihood, LAFC will have to win. If they win, forget about it. It's over. Done. Supporter Shield. So it is a massive game. What is the most disappointing thing that's ever happened in MLS? If you've listened to the show and you have a absolutely steel trap memory, you might know where I'm going with this. But And you've heard me talk about it before. But I wanted to bring it up because I've been thinking about this. I've been watching. We've been hearing rumors lately. I'll get to that in a second. The most disappointing thing in the history of Major League Soccer. Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo are never going to play here. That's just the bottom line. The NASL had a had a rough go of it at the end. Pele spent a whole lot of time playing here, right here in America. I know most of you are too young to remember that, but it happened. He was the biggest star in all. He was the biggest star in the world. Forget sports. Pele was him and Muhammad Ali. You know, I mean, and he played a lot of his career here in America. The two greatest players I've ever seen, maybe the two greatest players ever, 
will never play in MLS. Supposedly some rumors flying around with Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi. I just don't see Messi leaving. He's already kind of, and I'm going to whisper this, okay? Because I don't want people jumping. Well, I do. It's fine. I'm a talk show host at Talk Soccer on Twitter. Both those players are fading. Doesn't mean they can't be dominant on any given day and destroy you. They are still the best. Both of them. But those two are not going to look like Zlatan does when he's 38 right now, right? Playing in MLS. That's not their game. I know everybody said, well, Ronaldo could do it. He could be that. Okay, he could. Of course. He could. Cristiano Ronaldo could probably score 15 goals a year in any league in the world when he's 45. And I mean that sincerely, right? He could. So I'm not saying they couldn't come here and be good players and great players. I don't mean that. We missed it. And it's just really almost inexcusable that a league like MLS in America with everything to gain and grow and and those two are not going to play here. I mean, it really is just inexcusable. And you could say, well, Denholman would have cost so much. Yeah. (laughs) Not my money. I get it. That's hard to, you know, it's hard to pay. And if they didn't want to come, they didn't want to come. There's nothing you can do about that. I don't mean that it's anybody's fault. But in this day and age, in the country we're in, with the media and everything else, and the opportunity, it just never happened. And I, it's just it's the most disappointing thing. And will be in the history of MLS, no matter how long, until it folds. Maybe the league folds in 500 years or whatever. I guess that's more disappointing. But it's just so... To see these guys starting to fade a little bit. Now, injuries are catching up. It's not that they're not the most talented. They are the best players still on any given day. You know what I'm talking about, though. Ronaldo's 34. Messi's 32. Getting injured. A little bit of nagging stuff. It happens. And they are starting to kind of, they're on the slight downward trend. Let's face it. Right? And that is just so disappointing to me. And no disrespect to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who came over a little later in his career and has been unreal. I just don't see that with Messi and Ronaldo. Not that they couldn't do it. That's not my point. I just don't see them coming over. Man, I hope I'm wrong. Truly, I do. I hope that it does, you know, somehow happen. But again, Ronaldo's already 34. He's, his game has been predicated on a lot of speed, although he's still one of the most talented players, too. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have other attributes. My gosh. These two might be the best players of all time. And I want in your mind's eye, it's so easy to look back. I get it. And it's, you know, hindsight, whatever. I want in your mind's eye, and you've probably done this before. I don't care if you like MLS or you don't like MLS, whatever. I don't care. But picture in your mind's eye, six, seven, eight years ago, Lionel Messi putting on the New York Red Bulls jersey and Cristiano Ronaldo putting on the Galaxy jersey and those two going at it in MLS Cup at some point, like seven or eight years ago in their prime. I know that's a pipe dream. I understand. They weren't going to come here then. I get it. I'm not stupid, okay? We all know. Any di- I'm talking about let's just day- daydream a bit. Could you? I mean, I can't even wrap my head around it, though. And yet, we're never going to see that. And it's so disappointing. 
And I know, well, we've seen them do this. I don't care about Barcelona. That's not my – I don't care. If you want to go wear a Barcelona jersey around and act like you, uh, you know, you believe and you love Barcelona, whatever. If you want to go running around with a Man United jersey when Ronaldo was with them or a Real Madrid jersey when he was with them or a Juventus jersey now, whatever. That's, I don't care about those teams. I care about Major League Soccer. I want them here. So it is It is the single biggest disappointment that I think I'll ever see in soccer in America in terms of on the you know what could have been. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. And I hope, again, once and for all, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope they both come here as soon as possible and light it up for three or four years each. And uh, like I said, envision that New York Red Bulls Galaxy final five, six years ago with those two on either side. I mean, I know. Yes, they played each other at Barcelona, Real Madrid. They played in the. Cha- of course, they've been on the. Could you imagine what that would have done for soccer in America? I mean, just such a shame. And you know, hey, such as life. That's their lives. They're doing fine, <laughs> and they're the two best team players I've ever seen. And quite frankly, I'm wondering if I ever will see anybody better than them. That was the next thing I thought of, the disappointment of them not ever being in MLS. And I was sitting there in my room the other day thinking, I don't know, I don't know, and everybody says this, every generation says it, how could anybody be better than these two? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, Joao Felice, okay, the new kid, come, okay, there's always some new kid, I get it. But And we always tend to overrate the new one, right? Oh, of course LeBron's better than Michael Jordan, you know? like, Or of course, you know, nobody back in this, Jim Brown, he couldn't hold a candle to, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, come on, that's a little... Absurd, of course, but you get my point. How can anybody play soccer better than Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? I don't think it's physically possible. And that's not to say they're better than Pele. Pele was just as good, or Maradona. I mean, nobody's going to play the game better than them. And I'm wondering if we'll see anybody even close for a long time, which is possible as well. Ugh, fascinating stuff. Hit me up on Twitter again, at TalkSoccer. We are the home of world football in Southern California. We still got so much to get to. Black and gold breakdown. Walker Zimmerman going to join us next. Talk a little bit about what's going on with LAFC. All of that and so much more still to come. This is Soccer Weekly, and it's on the home of world football in Southern California. We are the home of the black and gold with a game coming up tomorrow night right here. ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Don't forget, if you miss any part of the show, you can always podcast it over at the ESPN Pod Center or at iTunes, it's uh, up pretty quickly after each show. We appreciate all the hard work from guys like Curtis and everybody else here who get that done. This is uh, Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunholm here on the home of the Black and Gold ESPN LA 710, a game tomorrow night against Houston. You'll hear it right here. It is time now for the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. So I got a chance to talk with LAFC defender Walker Zimmerman earlier today after practice over at the training center. Let's just roll on that. This is Walker Zimmerman of LAFC. Walker, obviously a bit of a double-edged sword lately. You're not losing games, not quite winning games. Uh, what does that feel like in this stretch? Well, I think with the standard that we've created for ourselves, it's obviously been a little disappointing. Um, we have very high standards, high goals, and good news is all of our goals are still in play. Um, Bad news is we made it a little bit more difficult for ourselves, but we know that going into tomorrow's match, Wednesday night, um, 
we just take care of business and we're lifting our first trophy. And so for us, we're not focused on anything else, but our game, our performance, our energy, and ultimately walking away with three points and our first trophy. Does it seem as though, and this makes sense on some level, that teams are more comfortable playing a certain way against you? They see the tape of other teams. They know they have to back away from you guys. They've got to do it a certain way. Otherwise, they're going to be in a lot of trouble, and it seems to be working for them now. Well, I think that just combined with, you know, we obviously have a target on our back, for sure. We're getting everyone's best games, which, you know, we welcome that challenge. It's only going to make us stronger, make us better, especially come playoffs. But we know we're getting everyone's best games, and that just means for us we have to find a way to continue to raise our level, continue to change the way that we do things and keep evolving, uh, keep getting better at the things that we've done well, and keep correcting the things that we haven't done well. Does it make sense in a sense that people forget that the games in March, April, and May also count? Yeah, yeah. three points in March is the same as, as three in October. So um, thankfully we've, we've racked up a lot of points, and now we're, we're staring our first trophy straight in the face. Getting the supporter shield, I know you guys have been talking about it, of course. It's that really means something to me in MLS. As the, the, the older I get in this league, the more it actually means to me taking nothing away from the playoffs. But that is such a huge goal, so difficult to get. Yeah, it's just about consistency. It's the complete body of work from the whole season. You know, as you said, you know, three points in March are the same as October. And, you know, being where we are is just a testament to the work that we put in every single day, every single week, not taking games off and, and coming out and trying to give our best performance every weekend. And so... It's a big trophy, um, you know, about consistency, work ethic, um, camaraderie, chemistry. I mean, all of these adjectives come into play when you when you think about the supporter shield. You have been battling for the draws, giving up early goals, though. What? Why is that? What's the recipe been for these teams against you early? Oh, that's certainly been frustrating, something that we're trying to eliminate because it then allows them to maybe sit a little deeper, change their game plan a little bit, uh, make them a little bit less exposed. So... For us, being able to correct those mistakes, those situations, and then sometimes, look, sometimes there are goals that are getting scored, and there's not much you can do. That's that's the game. And um, but it's about making sure we do everything that we can to put ourselves in a good position to prevent shots, prevent shots on goal, make big plays, make reactions, and then ultimately make it as difficult as possible for other teams to get into our box. I'm also a Cleveland sports fan, so that means I'm scared of a lot of things, and I'm kind of nervous about Houston in a weird way because they have so much talent. Look, they're They've had a rough year. They've had a coaching change, and it hasn't helped a lot. They're not real great on the road, but this is just so seemingly like a dangerous team, and they have played you guys tough. You talk about getting the best shot of everyone. Yeah. They've played you tough. For sure. No, it's it's the nature of this league is the, the best team and the worst team can come out on any given day, and anything can happen. And so we have to make sure that we're prepared mentally. It's a midweek game. It's a game where you know guys are going to need to push, going to need to give it extra bit, and Hopefully everyone has the motivation of, you know, locking up this supporter shield on their minds, celebrating at the Bank of California, and not to get ahead of ourselves at all. But, you know, we want Wednesday to be a celebration. We want it to be a reward for our supporters to win that at home, uh, give them something to cheer about, chant about. And um, so I think that should be motivation enough for us. Manotas, Elise, Rodriguez, uh, Martin, you know all the names, but they love to run off each other. Like, how do you defend specifically these kind of uh, players with a team like Houston? It's, it's organization as a team. It starts with our front three, all the way back in the midfield, uh, how we defend as a block, as a unit, um, how, how we react to those certain moments. You know, if, if one's checking into space and we go with them, it's then, okay, after he lays it off, how quickly can we get back? How quickly can we re- uh, retain our shape? And then, again, it's reactions, it's desires, it's the energy levels that we're going to have to have in a big game like this. So I think everyone's up for it. It's been a, a really good week. Um, despite the results the past few weeks, I think as a team it's making us stronger, more resilient, 
And uh, now I think we're all just looking forward to getting back on track with three points. When you take down the supporter shield, how do you? Is it relief? Do you celebrate? I mean, what is it? What do you guys do now? Is it just another step? Are you more concerned about okay, we're gonna, we're not going to celebrate this too much? Yeah. Well, I think you have to. Yeah, there's a balance there, right? I think you right. certainly have to celebrate. It's it's a season long grind. And to, to lift that trophy, again, we talked about all the adjectives that go behind that, all the work that goes behind that. So celebrating will be very important. You know, we deserve that. But at the same time, knowing that that is not our end goal, that is our ultimate you know, achievement of the year. Um, yes, it positions us well for playoffs. Um, but again, MLS Cup is, is another one of our goals. And so while we will celebrate, we'll, I'm sure, regroup uh, after, you know, hopefully a day off afterwards. And, uh, and look forward to getting back on track against Minnesota, um, making sure we're in good form as we head into, into the playoffs. One question off the pitch. You're obviously very influential in MLS, coming to the CBA and everything coming up. You're a big part of that. Where the players seem to be getting more unified, obviously yeah. the campaigns are out there. You're really starting to you know, bear down on that. When do you think this stuff can get done? Can this be done and we avoid disaster for 2020? Yeah, you know, it's... You know, talks are certainly happening. They're more informal, um, and these are just conversations that we've had a lot earlier this time around than last time. So, having that communication, I'm thinking that you know we're all hopeful that it's getting both sides on a on a similar page to where it's not kind of coming down to the last minute um, type thing. And obviously, we want to remain firm in our stances, our beliefs, and what we feel like we deserve uh, as a competitive league, a uh, fair league, and one that you know continues to evolve and develop into. You know, in their words, being a top five league in the world. You know, we we feel that in order to get there, they're you know they're also going to have to continue their investment, continue um, evolving and, and putting money forward, which you know they have in the past. And and certainly as players, I think it's been good. It's been a, a an interesting past few years because I think guys are getting the education now on CBA issues like they never had before. Players are involved. International players are involved. Starting to understand, have that conversation at the table uh, along with player reps, and uh, ultimately, I think that leads to a unified group. And you know, certainly, we're going to see how this continues to play out. But for us, I think we're excited at the at the possibility of of getting something that makes sense for both sides. But again, being ready for for anything that could happen. Good luck on and off the pitch. Thank you very much. Walker Zimmerman talking about the uh, CBA there at the end of that and, of course, breaking down the game coming up against Houston tomorrow night. That is black and gold breakdown. we still got to take a look at the MLS playoffs a little deeper, Champions League news, LA Care injury report, and stoppage time. All of it's still to come. I'm Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. If you missed that injury with – injury. If you missed that interview with Walker Zimmerman, no, he did not get injured at practice. We interviewed him. I'm sitting there staring at the LA Care Injury Report, Mario, and I just said it that way. If you missed that interview or any of my other gaffes each and every week, you can always podcast the show at iTunes or obviously the ESPN Pod Center. Check it out. Search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Subscribe, rate, and review. You can check me out on Twitter at Talk Soccer. It is time for the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit LACare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. LAFC have a few players out. Of course, the Javi Perez long-term injury with the ACL tear that began earlier in the year. He's been out for the season. We continue to wish him a, a good recovery. Josh Perez is out with the uh, uh, MCL sprain on the left knee. And then now Danilo Silva is also out. 
with a lumbar disc injury. So those players will not be available, obviously, for this game against Houston. The Dynamo without A.J. De La Garza and Juan David Cabezas, who has a left knee strain. Those have been longer-term injuries for Houston as well. But everybody else on both sides, really not with a lot of nagging injuries coming into this match. So both teams pretty healthy going into this game coming up tomorrow night at the bank, LAFC in Houston Dynamo. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA at 7 o'clock with the pregame kickoff a little after 7.30. So relatively good news on the injury front for those. Of course, we got the Joseph Martinez injury with Atlanta United. That looks like it's going to be at least a few weeks. So hopefully he can be back in full strength as soon as possible going into the postseason. You always love to see players not get hurt. You want to see everybody at full strength. I don't care who you are, who you root for, who you root against. We don't want those injuries to, you know, affect anybody. We do have so many playoff implications coming up on a, a tomorrow night's games, right? It's not just LAFC hosting the Dynamo. You've got a lot of games that have a lot of impact. New York City FC hosting Atlanta United at the top of the Eastern Conference. TFC and Montreal Impact in that Canadian Championship game. That's leg two. So that's a little different, obviously, if you're not familiar with that. It's not an MLS game, but it does have a lot of meaning in terms of Champions League, stuff like that. Minnesota United taking on Sporting KC. RSL hosting the Galaxy. And again, the Galaxy have struggled on the road, and RSL needs this too. Because they're 4-5 and five right now. Galaxy and RSL, a point separates the Galaxy from Real Salt Lake. Currently, RSL sitting in that fifth spot, a point behind LAFC. This is a, or LA Galaxy. This is a massive game. Because they're, oh, both of them are just literally breathing down the necks of Minnesota United and Seattle for the three and the two spots. Or they can both fall back if other results go against them down the playoff rungs. So everything to play for. And Portland Timbers, who have been struggling mightily, are at home tomorrow night against New England Revolution. They need it. Earthquakes are home against Philadelphia Union. Both those teams need Wow. Say what you will. These games matter. For too long, I heard uh, you know MLS uh, people uh, ripping on it. Oh, the games in the regular season just don't matter. They're just you know it's, it's me. No bull, bull. They all matter. Every one of them I just mentioned has something on the line, and I cannot wait. And you want to hear it? I, oh, I can't wait. Champions League news. If you follow the Champions League, and I know a lot of you do, some massive news that happened uh, just. Uh, in that first round of games in the group stage. And it's got nothing to do with the usual suspects. In fact, it's all about an American. No, not Christian Pulisic. Chelsea ain't going to, please. No, not some guy from Ajax, uh, Sergio Des. Very nice player. It's the manager of RB Salzburg, Jesse Marsh. And his team comes out like a house on fire in their first match. And it was awesome. Jesse Marsh, the manager of a club over in Austria, used to be, of course, the Red Bulls manager, for a short time was at the Montreal Impact. You know him, right? He's been around a few other. How about a 6-2 win over Racing Genk in their first game? Now, I know they got Napoli and Liverpool in that group. I can't wait to see what Marsh throws at those two teams. Salzburg has been absolutely on fire in Austria. Scoring goals at an LAFC-like pace. Scoring goals for fun over there. In fact, in eight games in the Austrian Bundesliga, Marsh's team, who he manages, has seven wins and a draw. And are, in eight games, mind you, 
what would you guess their goal difference might be off the top of your head? Normally, team that's really doing well, I mean, they are. You're talking, what, plus 15, 14? I mean, it's like eight games. They're plus 28. They're winning by an average of three and a half goals a game. An average. Decimating the rest of the Austrian Bundesliga. And lest you thought it was a fluke, they go out into the Champions League and decimate Gank in their first game, 6-2. to two. What a story. I mean, Jesse Marsh is a fine coach. And, you know, just like players, managers get better, they improve, they learn, they do all this other stuff. And, oh, it's so good to see. It really is. I am a diehard, you know, American manager going overseas fan in terms of you hope they do well. It's not a big deal if they want to go. If they don't want to go, that's fine. All the better to keep good managers in MLS or wherever. They don't have to go. It's fine. But you love seeing it, the former uh, Impact and then Red Bulls manager. I just I can't I just want to him want him to succeed at the highest level and there's nothing higher really at Champions League at this point, right? So great to see Red Bull Salzburg. And when you have success at a club like that, what does it do? Well, of course, if you're as successful in the Austrian Bundesliga like that and you have the Bundesliga opens up for you. Now, Marsh spent time already as an assistant at Leipzig. So he got to know that, you know, that league inside and out. Everything's setting up very well for Jesse Marsh. I hope it continues. Fantastic story. You will want to keep an eye on that. What you don't want to keep an eye on, and I'm barely going to spend any time on it, is my Pachuca and Toluca. Oh, boy. It's not going good. It's not going good. I know Toluca picked up the win in their last game. They look good. Yes. My Toluca-Pachuca update will be quick and brief because these two teams don't deserve a lot of talk. Pachuca sitting currently 12th in the league right now and and, uh, just up and down. They got a win, too, in their last. Look, they're both on an upswing. That's all I can say. Okay? Maybe, I mean, Toluca's down there in, like, FC Cincinnati territory in terms of the standings, okay? Yes, I know Puebla and Veracruz, all those teams. Veracruz, please. They don't even, come on. Toluca's 17th out of 19th. They did pick up. Both teams picked up a win in the last game. So maybe I'm being a little harsh, I hope. But I can't get too deep into it yet because neither one of them are anywhere near a Ligia spot. I mean, not even close yet. So I'll keep you updated, but it ain't looking good. I'm not enjoying what I've been seeing. Let me just say that out of both uh, the Ukas. <laughs> More like yuck. It really has not been pretty in either uh, in either sense. I mean, yeah, I, I think Toluca does have more talent. I, I still believe that. And I still think they maybe could, you know, start climbing up the uh, the Apertura stand. Maybe. It's still possible. I think, to me, Pachuca just looks like they're kind of floating around, right? They're not, I, just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see it for either side realistically, but you know, we'll keep you up there. We got a, uh, yeah, we still have the Uka Derby a ways away, so uh, we don't even want to talk about that anymore. That's uh, that's not, that's later. I'll get to that in late October, but that's that might be the only highlight of this entire league play. I'm Dave Denham. Still to come, stoppage time coming up next here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPNLA 710. It is Soccer Weekly. Hello, I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you here on ESPN LA 710. If, uh, as always, you miss anything on the show, 
check out the podcast over at the Pod Center at ESPN or iTunes, etc., wherever you find it. Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Time now for our favorite segment. It is stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah, stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Right now. Joining us, he's the host of Stoppage Time, the producer of LAFC and this show, the great Mario Reese. How are you, Mario? I'm doing good, Dave. I'm doing good. That was a great interview with uh, Walker Zimmerman earlier Thank on you. the show. Thanks. We were out of practice and got a chance to talk to him about that. Now, he talked about a possible strike here in the offseason, uh, but all, obviously all of us do not want to see that happen. But the MLS Players Association said that if a work stoppage uh needs to happen then you know it's gonna have to happen but that's never the goal you know Obviously, oh, of course yeah none of us want to see that happen but what are your thoughts dave what do you think are we getting closer or you know what are your thoughts on i'm that? scared silly yeah that's the bottom line a lot and, of us are. and i'll tell you why mario i'm not even it's not about one side or the other owners players whoever you wherever you fall as a fan we, should, we shouldn't even really care about that kind of stuff other than the damage it can do if there's yes. a work stoppage right this is not, you know, it's it's going to be super damaging for both sides. There will be no winner out of all that, I don't believe, you know. So this is not Major League Baseball or somewhere. Maybe it's, you know, they can recover both right. on the field and in the bank accounts and all the other, and the business end of it all. This is dangerous times here if MLS, you know, tries to push this. I really believe that. And I think it's very telling in terms of it, 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 they cannot go into this us versus them. I know, of course, that's the way negotiations work out in the long run. You do have to kind of, but in the grand scheme of things, Mario, this has to be all about us, both sides. We, we are MLS. That's got to be their approach, right? Both sides have to look at it like, how can we help each other out here? I know that's, you know, you're going to be adversarial at some points at the negotiating table. But, man, I hope they have the attitude that it's about we because this league can't afford it. Neither side. Some of the players can't afford well, it Well, no, well. exactly. I mean, literally and figuratively. Yeah. But it's on a, in a grand scale, they, it just can't happen. And that's what scares me, right? About any kind of work stoppage, of course. You're worried about the human toil, too, off the pitch. But I'm just talking about even as a fan of a league, I'm, I'm scared silly because... I know, it, you know a lot of times people say, well, these are just bargaining things and it's just to scare them or whatever. I, I mean, the players seem resolute here. Yeah. You know, and it, you, you again, this all, these, all, these negotiations only come around once every handful of years. It's not like they renegotiate every year either. So whatever the players do, they gotta, they're kind of stuck with it, for lack of a better term, too. I know there's a lot of issues that can be resolved, Mario. I just hope. That all of them can. And it just seems so easy for us to just say, come on, guys, let's come to an agreement I know, but and let's make it, no, you know, let's you're keep right. it going. You're right. That's not the way it's going to be. There's going no. to be some pain. The players deserve what they deserve. Sure. Absolutely. I just, man, can't have the work stoppage. So that's what I'm just scared of. But I hope it all works out. And it was good. It was good to hear that they're informally talking early. You know, I mean. That was good to hear, wasn't it, from Absolutely. Yeah. Got to have it. You always got to have us here at Soccer Weekly each and every week. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Mario. That's the great stoppage time. Thank Always you, a pleasure. Again, check out the podcast if you missed anything. If you missed the Walker Zimmerman interview or me talking about the most disappointing thing in the history of MLS earlier in the show, you can podcast that over at iTunes or at the ESPN Pod Center. I am Dave Denholme. LAFC tomorrow night here. Taking on Houston on the home of the black and gold. ESPN LA 710.